Hello everyone, welcome to Metallurgy, your source for, I don't know, what are we the source for? Bay Area, no, it's not Bay Area. Bay Area information station, is that what you you said? No, I I always say the, the... the sensual tones or the sultry tones. Sultry tones, sultry tones yes. yes. But now we are here to talk about Let Me Kill Meister. That's right. Or That's not his name. What, old Ian? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, this is Dino. This is Matt. This is Martin. And welcome. And uh, I don't know. We, we, we were talking a lot before this. And I feel like we should... Maybe talk about some of the older or more recent interview stuff that he he did. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say recent because yeah, well, just well while he was in yeah, Motorhead because yeah. Motorhead, we're, so, so we're going to be going back yeah really far back. Yeah. The outline of the show is basically going to be from his early childhood and up until Motorhead. Yeah, and and we all know Motorhead started in nine. 19- 1975 so we're gonna we're gonna rewind it from there rewind we're to talking 45 yeah we're talking pre-beatles mania pre all that yeah. rock and roll business when everybody just wanted to be a rock and roller yeah back we're going back to the crooner days but, but you know, let's start but you know let's what start now i must say lemmy is a lot and i'm not the only one to say this but a lot would agree that lemmy was a true rock star yeah, I think he's like the personification of a rock star. Yeah. Like if you wrote down rock star and then like you read his autobiography, you'd be like, yeah, and then some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a little extra on top. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Lemmy is definitely a guy that uh, took life to the extreme and he lived life the way he wanted to. There were no rules. You Don't- told him. Somebody asked. Somebody would say, hey, you should probably slow down. He'll go to the fuck off. I was built for speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the drug and musically. Yes. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yeah. And more than just yeah. speed, the drug. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, regardless of that attitude, like he, he seemed like a nice guy, although he seemed kind of like a womanizer. Well, he, was he liked a, women. He liked women, but I mean. He, Some say women liked him. Uh, he was yeah. like the Michael Jordan of women. <laughs> okay. And, you know, in terms of like prowess. Uh, okay. No, I mean, he seems like he seems like a he, kind of a misconstrued dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what much else to say, but uh, Lemmy did live life to the fullest and um you know, he it kind of seemed like he death was on his terms. Yeah, I kind of it almost seemed to me that the way that he went out that I mean, with as long as he waited to go to the doctors and and it was reported that he knew something was maybe wrong before the last tour began, that it it may have been sort of like that he saw the writing on the wall yeah. and decided that he wanted to choose that that would be how his life would would end. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, in some interviews that I got to uh, read and uh, watch, uh, he was kind of humorous about the whole death and dying. I mean, I don't have any real specific quotes or um, things, but he just 
you just say that you know when the time comes the time comes and you know yeah well i mean he fuck off he yeah <laughs> he he'd had a few brushes with death because of his his drug habit mm-hmm. probably by the time he had done those interviews yeah um you know and that's one thing though that i that i want to say um which is that <clears throat> so i was reading his autobiography in preparation for this um white line fever and um which I, I think is pretty telling about the drug <laughs> stuff. Uh, but, you know, Lemmy went through a lot of really heavy experiences like throughout his whole childhood and, you know, into his early 20s in regards to like his family dynamics and like uh, the culture he grew up in, mm-hmm. um, the drug stuff, uh, you know, and, Anyways, like basically everything that you could imagine, I think that, or almost everything you could imagine that could go wrong seemed to have gone wrong for this guy. And um, in some ways, I think that really shaped his worldview and made him, I think, a bit cynical in some ways. In other ways, I think it really, he definitely developed humor as like a healthy defense mechanism for like dealing with negative, bad stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was like a kind of a tortured dude, was the sense I was getting. Like he was a kind hearted yet tortured guy who dealt with a lot of kind of demons, you know. Yeah. Um, he 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 did have a quote where he said the best thing in life is a sense of humor and you lose that, you're done. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is interesting because uh seeing like clips of him backstage and all this stuff, he's kind of a loner. You know, he I mean he drugs alcohol women are kind of his his things that keep him occupied but um like lives in extremes almost yeah but i mean a lot of drugs he he doesn't like confrontation you know if somebody's fighting he's just gonna say knock it off and or he'll walk away and let you do do your thing i mean but i mean also i mean he might have been a loner loner but i mean if you're sitting in front of a thousand person crowd yeah I mean, you're not alone yeah you get people adoring you well well that's and there's that you can be alone in a crowded room though yeah that's true. You know? yeah um you know and and he spent all pretty much his whole life or his motorhead life in a tour bus yeah. seven eight nine months out of the year they're on a tour bus and two months recording and whatever time he has left he's at the rainbow room yeah like drinking and yeah. gambling. Yeah. yeah. Or strip clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, at his at his funeral they were talking about how he closed the strip club down. <laughs> like he'd be like the, the last one there at, like an hour after it closed, still talking to the strippers and like hanging out by the pool table. Yeah. 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 So do we want to get into any of his uh younger years yet? Sure. I mean Sure, we yeah. can do that. Um, do you want to start off, Dino? Yeah, so uh, the book basically starts off, um, he grew up in, I think it's Stokey-on-Trent or Stoke-on-Trent and then moved to Newcastle. Uh, he didn't have a dad growing up. He lived with this single, or, yeah, um, single, wait, single mom. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like she had some suitors that would come now and then. He, I remember he said something about, how they were like he had a lot of quote unquote uncles, which I think were like yeah men that his mom saw and then they would leave. Yeah. And then she also took care of her mother 
Lemmy's grandmother. Yeah. So she was a very responsible woman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one thing I wanted to add, though, is his father was actually an ex-Royal Air Force chaplain, and he was a concert pianist. Yeah, that is true. He was a concert pianist. And, and so when he he did meet his father later in life, um, how old was he when that happened? 15? Oh, he's in his twenties. I, I thought he was in his twenties. Oh yeah, he was twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh, yeah. Nice. So yeah, so Lemmy met his dad when he was twenty-five. Um, his dad wasn't there before then, and <clears throat> there was the whole thing where. So he was in like Hawkwind. Yeah, I think he was in Hawkwind, and um, he had his dad said that he wanted to like get him lessons or or do something to sort of connect with him, and Lemmy kind of. Uh, basically said, well, I need a new a new base rig, um, so you could you could do that. And then I guess his his father wouldn't hear it or wanted to get him lessons or do something else like that. He wanted him to go, yeah, because from the interview that I, I I watched, his dad wanted him to like tour, go on a like a piano tour, but he wants to, he wanted to teach him. Oh, that's interesting. It's, it was something like that. And let me pretty much said, fuck you. Huh, I didn't hear that part because I, I, from what I read in the in the biography, it said something that like that the um the music life could be hard, and it seemed like he was sort of trying to dissuade him from even doing music at all. Yeah, he but he wanted him to do like so. I think his dad was because his dad was a uh a, was a chaplain. Yeah. Um, he wanted him him to kind of follow more get, of get the on God the path. Yeah. 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 Gentle style of music. <laughs> yeah, and he just let me just got up and walked right out of the right out of the place. Yep. yep. Never I don't think he ever saw him again. Yeah, no, he didn't. I don't I don't think his his dad was actually done with what he was trying to say. He just turned around. Yeah. Walked away. Well he, he was done whether he wanted to be or not. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that though? Like the dad going like I'm your father and Lemmy's like, Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I, I had a stepfather who used to beat the shit out of me. I remember yeah. that guy. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So Lemmy used to used to get a lot of um from what I could tell, he used to be kind of like physically abused at home or like beaten up by a stepfather. Um and also at school too. Yeah. They used corporal punishment. Yep. Um, but not but I think some of the kids were actually uh, a little verbally abusive because he was the only English kid in the Welsh schools? That's when his mom met his stepfather. Okay. They moved to the Welsh side of England. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was a teenager, right, at that time? You know, it's like... Well, he said he's been known as Lemmy since the age of 10, and that actually comes from the Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 10. Yeah. Um, um, interesting thing about that is... Uh, so Lemmy is a nickname he got when he was in school. And I don't know if this is true or not because it never really was confirmed. But um, uh, Lemmy would actually ask the kids, like, let me borrow a quid or uh, lend me a quid. So let me, that it kind of merged into the nickname uh, Lemmy because he was always asking for money. That's interesting. Yeah. I know that it is like a traditional nickname though in that area too. So it may have just like that's possible. That's it may possible have been too. like a two for one right yeah. there. But yeah. I mean, it makes sense considering his his attitude later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the so the the poor guy is like kind of picked on by kids. Yeah. He's, 
doesn't have a father until he's what like between what seven and ten um and then the guys you know beats him up and um yeah and school's beating him up beating him up yeah so it's just really a fucking sad story so far yeah and that actually led him to actually uh cut school a lot too yeah yeah and eventually he kept on getting expelled because he just wasn't showing up to school so there's a really interesting story around him getting expelled dino do you want to tell that story no no okay well so um i guess he got cut he got caught cutting school by like some other kids in his class that i don't think he got along with like somebody or actually it might have even been some kids from a different school or something yeah reporting, or seeing. older kids yes it was something like that um it may have even been more removed than, than other kids in his class but they somehow word got around that that these three kids from his school were cutting and so the principal just sort of instinctively knew that he was one of the kids <laughs> and called them into his office and said like well i heard that you were cutting and even though he had he was like no i wasn't cutting and the principal pulled out like this big um it's a cane he has a cane was it a cane yeah. or like a big thick board it was a cane yeah and anyways he hit lemmy with it because i guess that he would hit lemmy with this cane and uh I guess it was like the final straw. So Lemmy took the cane from him and hit the principal with his own cane. <laughs> also, Lemmy had a split open finger. I think it oh, might have been yeah. from playing guitar too. So he said he got hit with it in the hand and blood was spraying. And he asked the guy, yeah. So I guess what it was is he hit him in the hand with the cane, right? Yeah. And he asked the principal specifically to only hit his left hand since his right hand was injured at the time. Yeah, but he hit his right hand anyways, and that was, was he like left-handed. The... Well, no, I think he's he... was he left-handed. I have no fucking idea, but I know that he hurt his right hand. Okay, so anyway, um, yeah. and his finger, and I don't was that from playing guitar? I think yeah. so. No, yeah, he yeah. he 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 learned to play like rhythm guitar. Yeah, he never learned how to play leads. No, and there's there's not an explanation, but there's he keeps on. Oh, he keeps misfortune. saying it. I I almost think it's like a like it's part of like the complex that he probably developed as he grew up, like not being good enough to to play lead. Maybe you know what I mean like yeah, maybe. just sort of that's too much in the spotlight. Maybe although he did sort of I mean he's a lead singer of Motorhead. Yeah, he's so. a frontman, so yeah. So I don't know. There's some, but I highly doubt that by the time he's seventy, the guy can't put together a fucking tasty solo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but he stuck with bass. Maybe so. he just didn't like doing solos, so he just claimed he couldn't do them. Yeah. He was like, oh, I just can't can't play lead. I don't like it. Yeah. Or maybe he just knew that this brand new instrument called a bass guitar would just, you know, uh, rumble the loins of the women. Well, you know what's... I hear the lamentations of the women. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually didn't realize that the bass guitar was this old. Yeah, that, no, that was what it, was really it, surprising. I know to me. It's, it's an archaic instrument. Yeah, <laughs> I had to check to make sure you weren't itching your eye with your middle <laughs> finger. <laughs> anyway, okay. so his teacher, the principal, uh, broke his broke his cut open, blood was playing everywhere. Yeah, and you know, here's the interesting thing. So his principal was like all right, like you're out of here. And he goes, you're, you're damn right. I am. And I think he was like, I think this was when he was 15 at this point. Yeah. Was, yeah. He was 15. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so he walked out and he just 
kept acting like he was going to school every morning and he said that the school never notified his parents that he was like expelled and they also i guess never officially filed any paperwork expelling him mm-hmm. so i don't know if that means that he like somehow still graduated or they could it seemed to me like the principal was like the best way we can handle the situation is to just like do nothing now yeah yeah like I don't want any more to do with this family or this kid. And so let's just like, let this just kind of be what it is. Um, um, but he fell through the cracks. So at 15 years old, he's not going to school anymore. Yeah. Uh, interesting thing about the whole guitar um, kind of fiasco. When Lemmy was first going to school, he, there was a, I guess there was a, an older kid at school. He kept on showing up to school with a guitar and all these chicks would just surround him and he's like, Oh, that's that's fucking awesome. I want that. And I he was either begging his mom for a guitar or his mom had a guitar at home. I think his mom had one. Okay. Yeah. And he just brought it to school. And this was before he even learned how to play the damn thing. And so he just brought it to school and all of a sudden these women were just flocking around him. <laughs> and he just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Because even I I don't I want to say he was like young. Like not of a sexual age, but um, no, he started started sexual stuff pretty young, I think. Well, how young are we talking? 14? Well, I'm talking about like maybe seven, eight, nine years old. Well, that's what it seemed like in the in the, the interviews. It was pretty young. And the, that's one of the downsides of the, um, of the autobiography is that sometimes he'll tell you like a really detailed story, but he won't actually tell you. You don't know where it is chronologically. Yeah, you don't know where it is chronologically. So he'll be like, yeah, when I was in school, this happened. And it, that's the all yeah. the information you've got. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah so the, <clears throat> sometimes we may be a bit confused about ages. And that's kind of where that comes in. I actually kind of wonder if he was a bit confused about exactly when some things happened. It's, it's possible. And the way the autobiography is written is like, is just he's talking. Someone's writing it down. He yeah. goes off on tangents. And he just takes this information with him. Yeah. It's just all jumbled up. It's kind of in a relative error era, but you don't really know. Yeah. But it's definitely like, I feel like he's talking to me when I'm reading it. Yeah. Which is actually kind of a plus. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I'm talking like, or I'm not speaking to him, but like, oh, let me telling me a story about him. Yeah. Self, you know, that's kind of nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess some of uh, Lemmy's exposure to music that we talked about guitars. Um, is Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much is that doggy in the window? Like really? Like I fucking <laughs> cannot believe. I can't imagine that. How much Him. is that doggy in the window? Rock, rock. Rock, rock. Yeah. Bill Haley, Razzle Dazzle, Rock Around the Clock, See You Later, Alligator. <laughs> um, yes, people. Um his first 78 record was by Tommy Steele, which apparently was the British answer to Elvis Presley. Oh, interesting. Uh, Peggy Sue by Buddy Holly. Um, and he, and he, he saw, actually Buddy saw Buddy Holly, Holly right? Yeah, he yeah. saw Buddy Holly live. Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Eddie Cochran and Vincent, uh, Gene Vincent from the States. Yep. Um, what he also liked about those guys were they had women all over them. And he goes, that's the job for me. Yeah, and Eddie Cochran and <laughs> and Buddy Holly were idols of his. Yeah. So that's kind of what inspired him to pick up the guitar. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was very fond of those guys. And um, so 
he found all this music, right? Mm-hmm. And he's working at an appliance factory. Hot Point, I believe it was. Yeah, this was actually after he stopped going to school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh that was actually at the stepfather's factory. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, he was, he was just doing menial jobs there. Just he's like I can work here for the rest of my life or I can kind of try to be a rock and roll star. Yeah, go out and take the world by the balls. Yeah. Now, the hot point is that one on the coastal the coast uh where where they were living on the coast? No, I think it was up in the mountains. Okay. Somewhere. Because yeah, there was a funny story where he was talking about um, uh, how when he lived next to the coast, like all the women or all the daughters of like wealthy people would come to the coastline for vacation or holiday. Uh-huh. And um, Lemmy said they would keep him very, very busy because <laughs> they wanted to have a good time. Yeah, so <laughs> he he like trained horses at... Um, yeah. Uh, this was when he was 14 and all the the women the the girls from manchester and liverpool came Mm -hmm. and all these girls were only um like they had two guardians basically uh what did they call them the the girl guides so there were two girl guides for like schools of chicks and him and his buddies who were in charge of the horses at this camp would, you know, start talking to these women. Apparently he was as fond of them as they were of him sneak into their tents at night and just have a fuck fest. (laughs) Yeah. He said that they learned that they basically learned about like all that, like making out the sex stuff was basically really taking place at that time. Right. Yeah. He was at this horse ranch. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like he had a start start to finish uh, <laughs> sexual education there. Yeah. yeah. But he also learned about something else that, that happens when you have sex, right? Kids? Babies? Did, didn't he knock somebody up at one of those camps? Or was that later? I think it was later. Um, hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, at that camp, he was sleeping with... He was 14. He was sleeping with someone who was 19. That's that's one of the strange things reading this is it seems like the the allowable age gaps for who you're like who who he was sleeping with or who other people were sleeping with back then was like really wide sometimes. Yeah. Um although he does acknowledge at one point in the book that he's glad that the police never saw some of the stuff he was doing cuz he would have been thrown in jail. <laughs> well, for sure. I I I think just Lemmy as a whole uh he was a very lucky person. I think he's very lucky. Yeah, he's a statistical anomaly. Lemmy's a statistical anomaly. <laughs> I, I he's would, an outlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree. He's the exception and not the rule. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm I'm surprised he he survived for as long as he did with what he put his body through. Yeah, yeah absolutely, <clears throat> man. I agree with that. So uh, he got fired from Hot Point. I think he just left, didn't he? Okay. I I don't know. I think he just left. Like he. Just, I thought he left too. I think he just like went off and started like um, hitchhiking all around, just traveling, like yeah. basically homeless. Yeah. Met friends, did speed. Um, never liked heroin. No, did he not didn't. like injecting things into his arm. Um, 
and I guess there's a reason for that too because his gener he says his generation um, at that time was just heroin was um, really abundant and it was it was uh, it was either the area he was staying at the, at the time was probably it was close to a like a, a heroin capital or something but just he saw a lot of bad things with heroin and he didn't he didn't like it. Um, because he lost a lot of friends and yeah, and uh, girlfriends do it as well. So um, sounds like you've got some knowledge. You want to talk about like his his friend? Like what happened to his friend? Well, I I don't know. Again, the whole the whole time frame is just a blur because well, we are jumping ahead. I think a little bit. Yeah, I think we are. Okay, we'll we'll hold on. Okay, but um, so he he ended up leaving Wales and headed to Manchester at age 16. He met a girl, Kathy, who was age 15, who he knocked up. So that was his first pregnancy. And by the way, he was basically staying in her parents' house without them knowing that he was even there. (laughs) Yeah. So he became something called either a doser or a dosser. I don't really know how to pronounce it, but grew out long hair, wore a U.S. military jacket, waterproof uh all that's of his, gotta be hot all of his friends would <laughs> would um autograph the jacket had his guitar bob dylan lifestyle um would hitchhike just across the country and sometimes he'd get beat up sometimes he wouldn't and he'd meet chicks and they'd feed him food from at their parents house and uh yeah he was like this anomaly that was like just traveled into town and all these like oh my god who's that and then dropped their panties and <laughs> i'm Lemmy, and i'm here to fuck you so yeah he met kathy um got her knocked up and then never saw her again until the book was published or three years before the book this autobiography was published which I think it was around 2000, right? Well, uh, but oh, did, but didn't the kid No, was, it was different. This it is different. Got, yeah, okay. This is uh, okay. this kid's name is Sean, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm was that Sean? Yeah, I, his name his name is Sean. Um yeah, so the thing is is I guess like the parents found him in the house at one point with Kathy. Oh, now you're Oh, flipping, yeah, now you're what? Huh? Oh, no, sorry. Nothing. Uh, yeah, so they found him in the house with, with, with Kathy at, at some point. And then um, I guess it was revealed that Kathy was knocked up around that same time. So then her parents called his parents, and then they sort of came to a mutual understanding like, well, neither one of us really want this kid around, right? So then they fucking gave the kid up for adoption. And there's actually – he looks like he's done okay. Um, I believe his name is Sean. There's a picture of him in the autobiography, and it looks like he's gotten married. And I thought that was Paul. No, Paul's also in the book. They're both in the book. No, they're both in the book. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but I don't think Lemmy has really had. Any, I I don't know if Lemmy's had any contact with Sean as of the publication of that book. It didn't seem like he had, mm-hmm. but he did get that photo somehow. So maybe he had at least said hello or or somehow connected. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but so that's kind of another little interesting layer there to that story. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it kind of goes off into talking about the, the music scene around the Liverpool, Manchester Liverpool. Time. 
in the early Liverpool. 60s. <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Manchester. Um, Hello, my name is Lemmy. No, a lot of like that. A member of Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, great musicians came out of that era, like oh yeah, Eric, like who? Eric Clapton, Ronnie Wood, uh, the Beat, the Beatles, the Beatles. <laughs> oh, didn't he have a really interesting story about? Um, he said that the Beatles came off as being like very like sarcastic, soft, or like being very gentle. But he said that they were actually like basically like man manly men yeah and like had this oh go ahead yeah they they all were, were they were tough guys because they grew up on like a seafaring town so uh, they so knew how pirates to, they knew how to like work with their hands they were strong um even uh what do they say uh like so most of the beatles were from liverpool ringo was from a place called dinkle which is basically like being from the bronx jenny so from like, the bronx they know how to handle themselves. She's Jenny in the block. Uh, <laughs> apparently, fucking Lemmy hates the Rolling Stones. I don't blame him. I don't know him. what don't the him. fuck it is, but he fucking hates them. He says they were mummy's boys on the outskirts of London. Uh, to Lemmy, Rolling Stones sucked, and they were always shit on stage. But anyway, they are pretty shitty live. I've seen some footage of them. I don't hate the Rolling Stones, but I've seen some footage of them playing live, and I've pretty unimpressed with with that yeah yeah but let me had a good story about the beatles being on stage uh when they were first coming up and apparently all most bands back then played cover tunes and that's what it sounded like yeah yeah so but um the beatles got on stage someone in the crowd yelled john lennon or john lennon's a fucking queer (laughs) john lennon put down his guitar went into the crowd said who said that this kid fessed up and said, I fucking did. So John Lennon goes over, fucking, get, uh, I think Lemmy called it the Liverpool kiss. <laughs> fucking punched him right in the face. He said, blood, snot, everything went everywhere. It laid the kid out. Yeah. John Lennon gets back up on stage and says, uh, "Does it, basically, does anyone have anything else to say? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't. And then they went on to play their set. And then he later went on to write Imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I, one thing that struck me about that Lonely, is like... Lonely, teethless people. It's like, what a, what a different time, though. I mean, yeah. in some ways, it's the same time. But what a different time. It's, it's just so homophobic, you know, that story. That's yeah. one thing that kind of struck me about that was like, I, I enjoyed hearing a story about John Lennon sticking up for himself and... And doing that, but then another part of me was like, "Oh, but how ugly is the story, though?" On another level, you yeah. know. Well, especially in this era, right? Yeah, in this era, I mean, we've made a lot of progress since then. It's not enough, <laughs> no, but a lot. Anyways, yeah, so that's a little digression that I had there. You know, it was really funny because I'm seeing the next line of notes here. Is that uh, um, so you did you talk about the Sundowners? No. Nope. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I, I because it, it was Lemmy's first band, the Sundowners. Uh, they did a lot of instrumentals. Uh, Lemmy sang Traveling Man by Willie Nelson. And then... Um, oh, no. Yeah, and then he joined the, the band Motown Sec, which he stayed for three years. Okay, so... And that was the cabaret-style band. Uh, really? I think it ended up being cabaret-style. Oh, interesting. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Lemmy actually said that, um, you know, you see photos of him when he's older. Obviously, he dyes his hair. He he admits that he dyes his hair because if he didn't, he'd look like Willie Nelson. And he said, uh, <laughs> who wants to look like that fuck anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Tactful as always. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I thought that was funny when I saw it. Uh, uh, Traveling Man by Willie Nelson. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, so he was in uh, Motown Sect after Sundowners. And then um, that one was a cabaret style band, right? That, uh, he used to like... No, I think it ended up being a cabaret style. Well, I don't it, think it was in the beginning. I think they played a lot of covers just like everyone else did. Well, I think that they still played covers, but then they sort of did like a big jokey act thing, right? Where like the guitar player would like not have pants at one point. And he'd, <laughs> he'd have like these really over oversized like boxer shorts with like weird print on them. And then somebody else would get pied in the face, right? No, the pie in the face was... Um... Wasn't that the same band? No, I think that was uh, Rocking the Cars. That was no, the and, Rocking Vickers? And, and the, the cabaret-style stuff, that happened because the, uh, the Motown sect, they kept going for years, I, and I think they... they I'm could, pretty sure the pie-in-the-face thing was Motown sect. Dude. No, I think that was Siggy or someone from fucking... Um, because they were just saying, do it. And he's like having second thoughts about it. And he's just fucking do it. Because <laughs> he, they don't, he don't go into much detail with the Motown sex stuff. Okay. Well, I thought yeah. that that was that one. Because I remember he, he was talking about how normally there would be like a pie that would be made by the crew. But it would just basically be flour and water. Like just like whipped up and, and creamy. Yeah. In a tin. But one day... They, they didn't check it and they put it in a really thick like army style army heavy style tin, heavy yeah. tin pie tin instead of like a flimsy aluminum yeah, aluminum. yeah. and uh so the guitar player didn't know what was coming and so when he got pied in the face it broke his nose in two fucking places ah oh, fuck yeah and, and he, that was he, pete from rocking big Cars. okay it was yeah. the, okay and um yeah, and he said that you could hear muffled through the pie tin, fuck me. That's funny. Uh, and he said that the audience thought that the bloody nose was part of the act. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. You could do anything back then. But, yeah, so um, I after, after Motown Sect, which um, – they were just kind of getting old. Let me want to get out of, out of Manchester. He saw the rocking Vicars for the first time and knew that they were his ticket. So they actually they, signed a deal with CBS, I think. Oh yeah. And, and uh, released three singles in Europe. Oh, I gotta yeah. listen to those fucking singles. Apparently, I mean that that's what I have written down here. Yeah. But I believe it. Yeah. So the full band was uh, Reverend Black and the Rocking Vicars. Um, and they it reminds me of the who they just smash their shit all the time yeah, yeah. they just break their instruments yeah. yeah so let me audition for him i think played some rhythm then went in the lead which he was like he doesn't fucking do leads anyway so he ended up just smashing the shit out of his, his guitar didn't he say he just moved his hand real fast over the fretboard and like just like kind of like made weird noise yeah and was like <laughs> this isn't working fucking smash <laughs> just it. break it and then he jumped on the piano 
and then broke the piano and then rode it to the ground. <laughs> what a boss. And then they think they hired him on the spot. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, see, that makes sense because I think that's that's the time when his father probably showed up because he's always breaking shit, right? Yeah, yeah it might have been around that time. Or yeah. they're always smashing their instruments, so it really could have been any time yeah. it was in the Vickers that... Uh, yeah, so he was with them from 65 to 67, so he was 20 to 22. So okay. it was at, right afterwards then. Yeah. yeah. So he must have been a roadie at the time because yeah. he was a roadie for a little while after that, right? He took a for year Hendrix. off. Yeah, fucking Hendrix. A, yeah, for Hendrix. He had the nicest things to say about Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, he said that he didn't really get to talk to Jimmy, but he apparently, like, everybody liked Jimmy, including the women that came. Yeah, and walked out with a smile. On yeah, his face. that was he said. He said all the women left with smiles on their faces. I think he said it a couple times too <laughs> in the book, which was like, okay, we get it. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking laid them out. So the Rock and Vickers, they're they're the first British band to visit the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Yeah, they were the first, uh, I think, Western band, but maybe just British. Yeah, it says in the book British. Okay, but. Yeah, but British band f- to, to visit the Iron Curtain. Yeah, so that's pretty incredible. Lemmy was the in a the first British band to go across the Iron Curtain. Yeah, it's amazing. And then the the Rock and Vickers moved to Manchester, and they all lived in a flat. And that's when Lemmy got involved with a girl. Right. Which girl? Tracy. Tracy. Oh shit! Yeah. So that was his next foray into parenthood. Yes, Tracy. Um, who was a singer for a band and Lemmy couldn't recall the name of the band. It was like the something birds or something girls. Yeah, oh. So that everybody was the something birds back then. Right. Is yeah. You... Um, so yeah, had fun every now and again. She showed up at his door pregnant. Lemmy was just woke up so didn't really know what to say and then she was just like he said the wrong thing i think she, he said just, i think he said who's pregnant now yeah. <laughs> and then she left because she yeah got, she's like right then and then just turned away and re- and walked away yeah and that was uh she was pregnant with his son paul ender yeah and they they connected later on they did under really interesting circumstances uh, yeah uh, paul met lemmy when lemmy was doing a coke deal with some brazilians Paul was six, said, you're my daddy. My mom's in the other room. And um, yeah, Lemmy ended up talking with the the mom and bought her a fridge and helped move it in. And like that was the last of talking with her, I think. Interesting. Paul shows up a couple times, though. Yeah, I guess eventually, like later on, Paul decides he wants to move to the States. And so he sort of visits Lemmy down in Los Angeles. And I guess he stayed with Lemmy for a short while. And Lemmy said something to the effect of, yeah. And then this car came up and there were these two girls that called out for him. And then that was the last time I saw him. He just never came back. And then he didn't call me and tell me anything. And then he just left the country and went back to went back to England. Yeah. But like there, without even telling him. But there's a couple other stories too. Like what? So when he's uh, when Paul was 23, he showed up to Lemmy and was just like, you know what? I need, um, you know, something that happened. And he's like, what is it? How much do you need? Paul? <laughs> How much? And he's like, well, some people stole my guitar and 
blah 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 and he's how like, much do you how need? much do you need paul <laughs> and so he lemmy gave paul two hundred dollars this is i think when he was i already think i said he was 23 um to supposedly replace a stolen guitar but then the next day he paul showed up with a second hand lincoln continental oh um, fuck and then lemmy just says good con paul but don't <laughs> ever ask me for rent again um paul also stole chicks from lemmy <laughs> lemmy stole chicks from paul uh they swapped chicks one night and then lemmy says apparently a lot of women want to sleep with the son and, an old, and his old man so, which, which was I didn't know if that was about the swap or if that meant that they two times somebody did. I don't know. Or yeah, that, that's yeah. I don't or know. It was like, hey, trade out your turn. Tag getting too old You're for this it. shit. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> I forward some chick it, with this kid. That's fucking weird. I it would be completely unsurprising to me. I yeah, and especially it's <clears> like Lemmy's so far removed from him at that at age 23 that it's just like eh, fuck it is just another guy <laughs> um, i've got enough coke in me whatever <laughs> but yeah but when talking about his son he was like yeah my son used to ask me for advice paul would ask me for advice and he'd always do the opposite of what i'd say and he goes what a real chip off the old block right <laughs> <laughs> yep i was like that's that's pretty correct uh, yeah <laughs> so uh what were the rockin'? Okay, so uh, Lemmy left Rock and Pickers, mm -hmm. and then he moved to London. Yeah, you sound like you're from London. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, that was really terrible. Anyway, he shared a uh, flat with uh, Noel Redding, bassist of the Jimi Hendrix Experience, and with also the uh, manager uh, Neville Chester's. I think it was. Wait, did I? Because I thought the guy's name was Neville Chester. I got Is his name Noel Redding. The he he. Sh <laughs> no, no, that was the basis. Noel Red no, no Noel Redding was oh, okay, the basis. Okay, yeah, Ch yeah. Chester was the manager. Uh, was the manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's when he got a job as a roadie for the band, and he also. <laughs> that's when he picked up his uh, his little uh, time of experimenting with acid. Awesome. I didn't realize how much acid Lemmy did until I he, started reading up on him. He did a lot. And Lemmy actually, in uh, interviews, he said that um, acid is what made him the man he is or was. He had a weird quote in his book. He said, like, acid would either, like, like reinforce you and sort of, like, awaken you or it would just completely destroy who yeah. you were and not, you'd it, end up in like an insane asylum yeah and it wasn't it was not for everybody yeah and he said that like nobody knew back then like how dangerous it could be until they were like basically the experiment you know and yeah. then everybody went well shit people can get hurt from this right so there was an interesting thing where he said that back then um you can only be on acid for like 24 hours there was like a time frame and they, they were always pushing the limit saying like, well, how come we can't be, you know, tripping for two days? And so they actually figured out a way of doing it without like get, hurting themselves. But they, they would actually get really sick at, at some points. But um, yeah, he said he said uh, in the book, he goes, they say you can't you can't trip for more than a day, but you can if you double dose. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 
And there's 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 a few things about that where like I guess when he was in Motorhead he was so stoned or on, on acid that um they woke him up in the tour bus and <laughs> they're like it's time to go on and he's like oh okay and so they like they like helped him on stage stage and and he goes what which way is the stage? And so they just turned him around. This was actually in Hawkwind, I think. Yeah. Was it Hawkwind? Yeah, this is when he was in Hawkwind. Okay. And then he goes, yeah. he goes, well, how far away is the crowd? And they go, 20 paces. <laughs> and so he walks 10, and then he just does his show. Yeah, and uh, they recorded that that show... At there's the an, roundhouse. There's an album of, there that, really? of that of that show. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he said it's like apparently one of the songs from that recording got number one on the charts over there. Wow. I mean. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, literally, I was so high that I didn't even see the crowd. I had never ever saw the audience once. Yeah. Because I was so high. And I, I can believe it. I yeah. Mean, and he was like, and I listened to the recording. And it's some of the best stuff we ever did. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Like crazy. Dude. Those drugs. Uh, while he was with Hendrix, they did quaaludes as well. And what the crew would do was melt all the quaaludes together on a pan, <laughs> and then basically like, like, had like, some weird name like with like, like, like an pe- M, right? Like ma- he, it's mandrax. Mandrax. That's what it was. Yeah, but it's quaaludes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they melt it in a pan, just rip off a chunk like fucking peanut brittle. And take it. And he said, you'd either get all of the binder, so it was like chalk, or you'd get like three doses at once. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. It's like dude. Russian roulette. Just like, <laughs> who knows? Fuck, dude. It's so crazy. It's weird how I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> I, I will never know what that's like. Yeah, for me, my closest experience to that is taking a bite of like a chocolate chip cookie and getting like way more chocolate than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> Like wow, that was again. It's interesting because everybody was on drugs back then. Yeah, let me say everybody. Everybody, Lemmy knew. Yeah, so again, that's some sampling issues here. That is that is uh, (laughs) subjective, but he said that it wasn't uncommon for people to be on drugs. Yeah, well, a lot of drugs weren't illegal, also. Right, because they're still pot wasn't illegal, acid wasn't illegal. Yeah, they're still kind of brand new. Yeah, acid wasn't illegal until late uh, seventy sixty seven. Well, that's funny because that's when he joined Jimi Hendrix. It, no, I think that was towards the end of it. 1967 is when he left the Vickers. Well, yeah. Well, he took so a year I, off, I think, between that, didn't he? No, no, no. It was after. That was a, Oh, he took a year off after Jimi Hendrix. Well, so he he did Jimi Hendrix, and then he joined P.P. Um, P. Arnold, one of the Icats. Yeah. Uh, for two weeks, and then she realized he couldn't play lead, so kicked him out. <laughs> And then sang for this guy Sam Gopal, who was a Nepalese guy yes. who played tablas. Some pretty that sounded like a pretty interesting um, group. What the Sam Gopal Dream? Yeah, it did. And apparently, like let let me write a bunch of songs. Like I think he wrote a whole album actually called Escalator. Yeah, yeah. but he changed his name. No, mm-hmm. he didn't change his name. He used his stepfather's name. Oh, to Ian Willis. Ian Willis. Yeah. Interesting. And it was recorded and released at the album Escalator in 1969. Yeah. It's a good year. And then realized that that band wasn't going anywhere. Uh, fucking just hung his guitar on the wall and tripped for a year. I I know. I, I, I don't blame him. Sounds like a hell of a time. Yeah. 
So this is the part where we get to uh, what Lemmy calls, I, I think, one of his true loves. Sue. Yeah. Um, where she was 15 at the time and Lemmy was 21. <laughs> um, yeah, that sort of was one of the things about reading. That, like, it was really hard for me to get on board with. Like, he just, the women he went after were a lot younger than him. It's really it was well, really when he was at the horse camp 5 years older, right? And so this What's is wrong six, with that? 6 years younger. He's just reversing, man. What's wrong with that? So, cuz the the middle girl year old can't be making informed decisions about their sexual health. It's like taking advantage of a child. I, I would I would like to agree and disagree that there are some 25-year-olds that can't even decide what the fuck they do with their sex. <laughs> like Lemmy. <laughs> yes. Okay. No. But go ahead, Dina. I'm sorry. Um, but apparently all their friends couldn't handle the inter interracial relationship. That's a bunch of shit. Which made me wonder, like, was it so much that or the age difference? Like, how many of them were on board? I... With- but like, dude, she's fucking young. It seemed like the race was more of the issue. I, I don't. I mean, f- I think age has become more and more of an issue as time has gone on. I, I don't I agree. know what reality was like back then. But he does say at one point that he was lucky the cops never caught him with women this young. So I think even back then there was a bit of a problem. Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah. Please continue. Yeah. So they they broke up and got together several times. Um. And one of their, like, we were on a break stage. Uh, she screwed Mick Jagger. <laughs> um, oh, I love that. Are you going to yeah. read that? Yeah. Lemmy asked how it was. And apparently he couldn't live up to his own reputation. Yeah. She said <laughs> he's not as good as Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so Mick great. Jagger was a better lay? No. Mick no, Jagger no. wasn't. Okay. Because... Yeah. She slept with Mick Jagger. And when Lemmy asked how it was. She said, he's not as good as Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, she um, she left, went to Lebanon, danced in Beirut, returned with a heroin habit at the age of 19. Damn. And um, she dosed up, drew a tub, passed out, and drowned. No, it was really interesting because Lemmy um, would talk about her and... Um, he kept it very short and simple. Um, he didn't want really want to talk too much about it. And I think because he, he said that he's over it now, but sometimes it's, it's hard to, uh, not get over it at the same time. Um, but I think he really truly adored this woman. That's what I got also. Um, And that, that like he, although he never had girlfriends, like she was girlfriend material. Like, he I, definitely lives with women off yeah, and on. Yeah, but but he never was truly in a relationship. Well, he at the end of his life, he definitely was. Mm-hmm. He was in a relationship with somebody. She showed up to his funeral, actually. Yeah. Um, she spoke. Yeah, she did speak. I can't remember. I felt really, right I felt really bad for her because yeah. she seemed like she was really fucked up by it. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, though, um, I hear what you're saying, though. Like, she seemed to be the only one that he really maybe seriously considered. Right. But being he, like, a for, like a forever kind of thing. Yeah. But he did talk about it and said that 
you know, the, the ones who die are always going to be that way because you'll never know how it was going to end up. That's true. So, you know, what, what could have been right. You don't know. Yeah. You'll never know. A damn brain. So I think it's just one of those just stuck in that thought because yeah. Yeah. You can really, speculate forever. She really said, Oh, by the way, I mean, in time out the racism, he said that her friends started leaving her too. Yeah. Because she was no, dating. on both sides. Yeah. yeah. That's a bunch of shit. Like it seemed like they were just ostracized by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they, they had an on again, off again thing. Apparently, like I think he had said they had kind of broken up and got back, back together about four times before that whole heroin yeah. OD happened yeah, or uh, or left. drowning, I guess, actually, really. It wasn't an OD. It was a drowning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, still heroin nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and he uh, there's another heroin story um, where a friend of his. I mean, not technically heroin. Yes, I should. Re- it's. <laughs> But but I'll reveal that at the end of the story for uh-huh. people who don't know it. So he had a, a buddy of his who he said wasn't really an addict yet, but he was getting close to being an addict. And then he said that this guy had like gotten like he was like jittery and getting itches, and I, which is a really weird sentence to read after he's not an addict. I was like, Lenny, he's an addict. <laughs> like he's having withdrawals from the heroin. He's an addict, Lenny. Um, but yeah, so. The guy went down to, um, I guess, it's some some area where it was known you could buy heroin, and he went into the bathroom after getting like a bag of the stuff, shot up, and turned out the guy sold him fucking rat poison. He shot himself up with rat poison, and Lemmy doesn't actually say whether he dies or not. I think he dies. No, though. he dies. Yeah, he I'm, dies. Right. I'm pretty sure. It seemed, he said that his face turned black. Black. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. And he uh, apparently that was one, like one of the I don't know, that might have even been before um Sue OD'd. Yeah, again there was no time frame on a lot of things. Yeah. That that is true, but he had said like if these are the kind of people that are associated with heroin, then I don't want to yes. get near it. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. I mean, and uh another story is so I don't know what the difference is, but Lemmy and a friend went to see a nurse friend to get him some um, amphetamine sulfate. I don't know what amphetamine sulfate is. I think it's just speed. It's just speed? I think it's just speed. Okay. But she ended up giving them a bottle of atropine uh, sulfate, which is poison. So they shot it up. Or no, sorry, not shot it up. Ate it. Ate it. Um and then Lemmy woke up in the hospital. So this is a crazy thing. Is like hallucinations extreme. Like he ended up seeing like worms and ants all over the floor. And it took two weeks to, to wear off. Where Damn. Lemmy said he would be reading a book, turn to page 42, and there wouldn't be a book in his hand anymore. Yeah, and he said he was walking down the street with like a briefcase, and then he, all of a sudden, like he would realize that he wasn't holding a briefcase, and he had just like hallucinated this briefcase throughout the whole fucking walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My God. Yeah, and you know what else was interesting is in the hospital bed, he wakes up and he's like, "Hey, man, like we're in a hospital." And at first, he thought he was in an insane asylum mm-hmm. because I guess like before that, he was talking about like if you did acid or you you know did too much of a drug they would 
usually send you there. And then when they realized you were just on drugs, you'd be there for a couple of days and you'd be let out. But so he was like, Hey, we got to get out of here. But his friend was still hallucinating really hard <laughs> instead of freaking out and yelling. And then the doctor came in and he's like, well, I guess we got to stay in a hospital now. But yeah, they gave him something to even him out a little bit. Right? Yeah. There was some like antidote or whatever, but it took two weeks to wear off completely that's crazy man i it was weird because hearing stories there were some stories like there were a couple stories where lemmy almost died like that and i was like how the fuck did you keep going lemmy he's like pure luck the guys are lucky no what i mean is like at what point do you like do you look at do you look at the consequences and just sort of say like all right man like you know how many times am i gonna roll the dice yeah <laughs> Um, but he must have really been, I got the sense that he was really running from, from something inside, you know, he just couldn't keep away from the drugs. Yeah. Well, speed was his thing. Speed was his thing. What well, he was, a lot of things were his thing. Yeah. Alcohol, speed, Coke. Yeah. Um, acid. But it, it seemed like speed was more, was more like that. That was his drug of choice. Yeah, he said as a roadie, like he didn't believe anybody could do that job without speed. Yeah. Like he said, like you have to be on coke or on speed if you're a roadie. Yeah. He he also said speed is a is a utilitarian drug. Yeah, he made some sort of quip. I don't agree with it, but he made some sort of quip about um how like how could speed really be bad for you if they were prescribing it to, to housewives all those years? <laughs> And I, I, was like, cook, I was like, that's sexist and incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he, uh, he has a lot of things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, he he ended up. I guess after this era of dosing, he ended up with opal butterfly, and then left because they weren't going any anywhere, and then ended up in Hawkwind. Yeah, which Hawkwind sounded like this ever-evolving troupe of musicians that every week it was a different group of people yeah, like so they kept it loose yeah, yeah. <laughs> so keep it greasy and and let me comments on yeah. that nice <laughs> nice yeah yeah um, good one and let me comments that like every photo he's ever taken with Aquan, it's like always a different group of people <laughs> it's like he just started he had a bass played bass well no they had they had a bass from the previous bass player yes yeah they did is what it was. but but the bass band. player didn't show up yeah to an so, outdoor gig and so what's that guy's name was it dick mick dick well no i think dick mick stayed with the band. yeah no no but i think dick mick was responsible so like they were saying he also loved amphetamines too yeah that's part of the reason so what happened was the the bass player didn't show up right but his bass was still in the van because i guess they were playing a benefit so they weren't getting paid and so right. he, he didn't want to come yeah and uh uh, so like the singer of the band was like, Hey, who can play bass? And Dick Mick was like, this guy plays bass. And Lemmy had literally never played bass before. He no. only played yeah. guitar. Yeah. Cause he was strictly like a rhythm guitar player. But, but Dick Mick wanted another speed freak in the band. So he'd have a, a partner a buddy, in crime yeah. to go ahead and do <laughs> drugs with. Yes. Yeah. Fucking crazy as shit. Uh, it, it's that's so weird. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just going through my notes real quick. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's when they played the Roundhouse. Which yeah. When Lemmy was, in, so I guess the Roundhouse came from, it was a train, um, like, swapping station 
like the yeah they did turn around yeah i did not i never knew that because it's like opeth played at the roundhouse and i'm like oh yeah it's just like a legendary venue no it's a fucking train station essentially yeah converted to a venue and then converted to a theater yes yeah I, i didn't know that part of the history either i just thought it was like a historic theater of some kind yeah yeah and um uh so yeah back to the roundhouse thing was so they one of their more famous songs is silver machine and you shouldn't do that i was listening to you shouldn't do that earlier today yeah and those were both those were recorded there in 1972 and it said lemmy was high on cocaine (laughs) uppers and acid fuck and he felt like stiff as a board and that's when they put him in front of the crowd but it also said that they hooked his heels in the back of the stage so he couldn't move because he felt so stiff they didn't want him to fall over. <laughs> so I didn't really understand that. I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Interesting. They, yeah, that that is pretty weird. They must have like, you know, honestly, he'd been with the band for a little while at that point. And so maybe they kind of like the real crew maybe knew what was going on and preempted it a little bit. Let's just nail some shit into the floor. And, yeah hook this guy up um but uh that totally reminds me of spinal tap yes when when uh, uh nigel falls over and the, the real crew has to pick him up <laughs> during the solo yeah, <laughs> like it reminds me of that so hard oh man and yeah annie and i just watched that the other she'd never seen it yeah yeah man yeah. I was surprised. She, I think she liked that movie more than I liked that movie, and I liked that movie quite a bit. So yeah. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Sorry. I'm, I, I, I oh, no worries. I, I, I digress hardcore. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about Hawkwind was they, they had a sound generator on stage, <laughs> which would play like either the brown notes. higher than the human ears can hear or lower. And... They said people would either freak out or they would shit their pants. And he said it may have had something to do with spiking the, the food with acid. <laughs> Could you imagine just showing up to a concert and like not knowing that Here's you're going to... Here's Punch. Yay. Oh my God, dude. They, they must have kind of known a little bit like there's some special snacks off to the side. But it also sounded like that was the crowd too. Like they showed up fucking high as shit. So yeah, I think he has said like you know most of them showed up so high that they probably didn't even realize that they were tripping anyways because they were already tripping before they got there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hawkwind was interesting. Um, Hawkwind though, to me, uh, I don't want to badmouth it, but like I had to like listen to Zappa afterwards because it just felt to me like a less good Frank Zappa in some ways. Yeah, I was but, like it's kind of rock and I kind of like it, but I'm going to listen to some Frank Zappa. It's now. but it's it's not the same Zappa's very avant-garde. These guys were just like spacey fucking space rock stoners. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I see what I I see what you're saying. I just felt like for me I was like this is fine, but it's like I feel like I'm getting like 70% to where I need to be with this style of music here. You're not maxing out. I wasn't like, maxing out. It's not, getting you to the edge, but you but just need that. I went. I, I listened to the to the Black Page, part two. Yeah. And then I listened to Punky's Whips, and I was like, okay, I feel good now. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, this is the digression part of the podcast, I guess. 
We just talk about shit that has nothing to do with Lemmy. Um, does anyone have any specific Hawkwin stories? Because there's way oh, God, too many in there. And I... We could talk... So, around this time, he's, like, super into speed. And he said that, like, the police back in this era were completely ignorant of, like, the drug culture or drugs at all to a degree that it was like almost stupid is he he really the way he talked about the police was basically the same way the nwa talked about the police it was like <laughs> fuck the police they're fucking stupid and we got away with murder because the police had no idea what was going on and he told the story about like having a bunch of speed with him that he had like folded into uh like a piece of paper or a couple pieces of paper and they came out of this club. Uh, I think this was him and Dick Mick. And um, they came out of this club and these cops like just instinctively knew that these guys are like, you know, druggies or something's going on with these guys. So I went up when he's pulling out the paper to go ahead and do some speed with this guy. And he like reaches over Lemmy's shoulder and grabs the paper out of Lemmy's hand with all the speed in it. And Lemmy turns around and he's like, oh shit, I'm busting. He goes, what do we got here? And he goes, just a piece of paper. And the cop opens his hand and turns it over and he goes, it's it's blank. And all the speed falls out of the paper and all over the police officer. And Lemmy goes, the cop did not notice that he was covered in fucking amphetamine <laughs> <laughs> at all. And he goes, it's blank. And he goes, oh, that bitch didn't write the number down. Like he, you Street know. smart. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> So quick with it, and they they let him go. So that's one story from that yeah. era. And that one that one gave me a really good laugh when I was reading it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, the being proud of the bun stage one is another good story. Yeah. Matt, do you have anything? Or no, I I I didn't have any written down. So I know that Hawkwind uh, sort of got taken over by two drummers. Yeah. What? Yeah, so you, you want to talk more about that one? Yeah, I, let me call them the the drum empire. Um, so I think there was one drummer, right? And then like he like left for a little bit, and then there was another drummer, and then they're like the the original drummer came back, but they didn't want to get rid of the replacement, so they just decided to both play on stage <laughs> at once. And they had this huge circle of like percussion shit on stage. Well, I mean. It would make sense if one guy was just like mongos and stuff, and the other guy was a drummer. I think it like was two, two drum sets. Yeah, two yeah. full That's kits. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I think he let me said that they didn't even use most of the stuff that was on stage. Oh it was God. like gongs and bells and things that like they never got hit. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. And, and that was the time when like Lemmy was the only one left in the band doing speed, and I think everyone else was on acid. Where did uh, Dick Mick go? actually he never explains that he either got fired or he left yeah okay. i think it was just one of those like everyone was just kind of in and out of it was like in flux all the time and and so he was just either left or yeah because they're so loose yeah. yeah they were super loose he's like sometimes you'd have like 14 people in the band then you'd have five people the next day then you'd have like 10 and you'd have four and you'd have five again yeah <laughs> my god that's he goes, crazy. He goes, that's, that was the thing about Hawkman. You never knew who was in the band. <laughs> yeah. They just, people, whoever showed up to rehearsal was who was in the band that day. People went in and out like the wind. Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I just heard Christopher Cross in my head. 
Um, yeah, and then when he was in Hawkwind, so they they Hawkwind wanted to get him out. Basically, the Drum Empire wanted to get him out. So I think crossing the Canadian border. That's when Lemmy got caught with drugs on him. Amphetamine sulfate. Yeah. And um, it was something like they were testing for heroin or something. It was cocaine, but they both test the same color. Yeah. Yeah. So they they got him for the wrong drug, apparently. They caught him for, for cocaine when he really had speed. Yeah. And... I mean, I mean, in my mind, whatever. But <laughs> I guess no, because in court, I guess in, in in the court system, it has to be what it what they they said it yeah, is, and yeah. it wasn't. So yeah. they said it was it was thrown out because it was quote unquote falsely charged. Yes, and he was. Yeah, yeah. although he got <laughs> bailed out because yeah. even though the band had fired him at that point already his replacement wasn't going to show up in time for the next gig. Yep. So he went up right. to Canada, played the gig, and then they didn't tell him they were going to fire, that that was it. And then he woke up the next morning and like he was out of the band again. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he said, uh, he said David, the guitar player in the band, um, who was sort of seemed like the central figure. Yeah. Um, he said that David at one point actually wanted to hire him back, but the rest of the band wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. Wouldn't let yeah. him do it. And that's, yeah, again, the drum empire took over and Lemmy's replacement bassist person took over. And he said that Hawkwind took over and like, like they, they produced albums that were good musically, but they didn't have any balls to them. Because Lemmy has a ballsy voice. Yeah, Lemmy said that when he left the band, he took the balls with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that means? Fuck yourself. (laughs) One telling him to make Motorhead. Uh, Motorhead. Yeah. <laughs> so, and when Hawkwind was in LA, that's when Lemmy wrote the song Motorhead. Yeah, he um, was like taken with LA big time. Yeah. Yeah, and Motorhead is slang for Speedhead, right? Speed yeah. Freak. Yeah. That's what I, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I remember he was talking about just like even being in the plane looking down and seeing all the palm trees and and he goes there are pools in all the backyards and it was just like it seemed like it was just like this kind of opulent, you know, over the top sort of land for him where it was mm-hmm. just full of mystery and he goes, you know, once I moved there I realized like that's bullshit, but the wonder like that's original image that I had of it is still sort of in me somewhere and I just still love it for some reason for that yeah um yeah so when lemmy was in hawkwind they that's when they recorded the song motorhead right yeah it's the yeah. first rendition of that song and yeah he got it was on a b-side over. yeah it was on a b-side was. of a hawkwind album yeah yeah but it was interesting because it, when i was going through hawk the hawkwind i forgot completely that he re-recorded the song and put on a motorhead album um, but I'm like, wow, this really sounds like a lot like Motorhead because I'm like, I've heard this before. <laughs> Me being completely oblivious at the time, but yeah. There's a really bitchin' violin solo on that song. Is yeah. there? Yeah, on the Hawkwind version. Oh, okay. On the Hawkwind like, version, what? there's a really great violin solo, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really great. One thing that I that he said though that was he said David was great, but one of the problems was is that David. Didn't matter who was the quote unquote producer, David was really the producer. 
And he said that on the songs that, that he wrote, that Lemmy wrote, that like David would like leave and have no input about how it was mixed or produced or anything. And it seemed like that was kind of like, Lemmy was like, that was kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. you know, can't you can't stick around to like benefit the whole band. You only do your songs and you leave. Sounds like a fucking dick without any balls. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something... <laughs> From Team America. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a Team America thing right there. Um, yeah. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one last thing about Hawkin, uh, Hawkwind. I keep on saying Hawkin. Hawkin. The video game. Anyway, um, Hawkwind. That uh, The single Silver Machine reached number three. Yeah, I mean, those guys seem like they did pretty well for themselves at the time. Yeah. I mean, if I, you go through the amount of albums those fuckers made, it was like re-releases yeah. upon re-releases upon like, oh, compilations and like freaking best ofs. I'm like, what the fuck? Where is an album? <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty crazy. Um, and it was, their their uh, their band was based on the Hawk Moon um, book series, right? And they actually brought that author in sometimes and he would like be involved with the recording of some of the songs on some of the albums. That makes a whole bunch more sense. Yeah. Because I didn't know that tidbit. Yeah. Like it's like based on a book series. <clears throat> because they always sing some about like space. Yeah. There's the first rendition. They're of such an interesting, <laughs> such an interesting <laughs> band. Um, but that's where, that's yeah. where our notes leave off for today. Yeah. I think. Well, because it, then it gets into Motorhead. Yeah. Motorhead! So that's, that's part two. Is we'll, <laughs> we'll start discussing Motorhead. And I guess part three, we'll finish discussing Motorhead. Because, I mean, yeah. it's not like he left. Yeah. 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 No, that's pretty much his it's life. The destination. From then destination on. band. Yeah. 75, 1975 to 2015 was Motorhead. Bam. So 40 freaking years, man. Yeah. Fuck. Well, losing Lemmy was a, was a big loss to the community. So it's, I know it's been nice to sort of go back and read this stuff. Um, in some ways it's, you know, been kind of, um, enlightening, but also kind of hard, you know, it's hard to hear about how much, um, this guy's had to go through in his life, you know, in some ways like it's easy to sort of remember him as like the fun loving partier rock and roll star but you know there was a lot there's a lot more to him than that um so yeah i i but you know what that's the thing is without probably his uh tragic tragic upbringing so to speak i guess i don't know if it was tragic but a hard upbringing that maybe we wouldn't have the type of motorhead we had we might not have had motorhead at all yeah exactly so they say again uh, it's a blessing there's in a disguise. There's that Demi Borger song, Great Art Comes from Suffering, <laughs> and So Am I, or something like that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I think it might be Kings of the Carnival Creation. <laughs> um, But yeah, so this has been a really enlightening, I think, experience for me to go back and, and read about this guy. Yeah. yeah. And and going through I a lot of my um, kind of uh, information came from interviews and uh documentaries mm-hmm. and it you you just see the guy seeing him in like 
in real not it's not real time but in action it's it's kind of refreshing because it's like you know we only you only really hear of people through like news or you hear them on a record but to see them actually like walk around and be like kind of cheeky and like you know it's it's it it's fun to see yeah he he definitely does seem pretty cheeky doesn't he yeah he definitely has a sense of humor with him or had a sense of humor with him took it to his grave (laughs) yep hmm well i think on that note uh thanks for listening guys thank you thank you until next time yeah this is dino this is matt this is martin and uh have a good one